I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter, and welcome to episode 117, in which I read online. And I want to start out with a little bit of a uh, fair warning. I've woke up with a cold this morning, and although I can mostly talk, it can start sounding a little bit gravelly and not in a sexy Lauren Hutton way. (laughs) Don't I wish. So I'm going to give this a shot. I'm not 100% convinced I'm actually going to be able to record an episode tonight, but we're going to try, see what we can do, because unfortunately this is my one night this week I really can do this. Tomorrow night I'm out. Um, Friday my husband gets home, and we've been ships passing in the night these last few weeks. He's been out of town, then I leave town before he gets back, and then I get back, and then he leaves town again. So Friday night we've sort of said, once he's home, we're not doing anything or going anywhere. We're just going to hang out together. So um, if I don't get through this tonight, it's going to be, you know, until maybe Sunday or whatever that I get something done. So I really am trying to get this done tonight. Um, I do have, uh, (laughs) well, I have Creative Bites for what it's worth. I have a couple of announcements, actually just one announcement, um, and then a little bit of a Sandy update. And then my content today is going to be talking about reading quilt magazines and books online versus in um, physical print forms. So um, I've got a lot of listener input for that one. So y'all guys wrote this episode for me, which is always kind of fun. Um, Oh, I forgot to start out by saying thank you so much for listening, especially today, since I might be just a little bit painful to listen to. I always do appreciate listeners. I really appreciate the feedback I get from all of you. Um, And actually, this episode was even more or less suggested by a listener, by Noni, um, in some comments she had made. And I'll be talking about that a little bit later. You can always suggest uh, topics for me for episodes. I'm looking for ideas, so I always appreciate that. Um, Also, thank you for uh, leaving reviews on iTunes. I actually haven't checked in the last couple of weeks to see if there's any new ones there. I know I was getting pretty close to um, a nice round number on either reviews or star ratings. I don't remember now which one. I appreciate it. Um, Unfortunately, by the way, if people are looking for me by category, I categorized my podcast way back when, when I first started under the visual arts category, not under the hobbies category. So I don't show up with most of the other quilt podcasts, which are all categorized, I guess, as hobbies. Um, That's just a really irrelevant bunny trail. I'm sorry, I didn't really mean to go there. And I'm not even on cold meds. I've been trying to avoid taking medications today. I've just been using peppermint and eucalyptus oils. I believe I've talked about my use of oils before, and that's actually really helped and drunk a lot of mint tea, and that has helped also. Um, But all of that is wearing off now. It's been a couple of hours since I refreshed my um, peppermint uh, oil burning whatever you would call it. Um, so I'm starting to get a little bit congested again. And like you can tell, I'm starting to kind of lose my voice again. Unfortunately, wouldn't you know, I have a speaking engagement tomorrow afternoon. So um, other than doing this episode, I am laying low and not talking to anybody tonight. Hopefully I will be able to maintain some sort of vocal standards for tomorrow. Um, okay, my creative bites for today is just this. Don't get sick. <laughs> 
that's about it. I had all these plans for what I was going to do quilty-wise tonight, um, home alone, and I'm really not sure I'm feeling up to any of it. So um, actually, I'm going to spend the evening playing with fabric, but not really doing anything particularly creative. Uh, so that's, that's the extent of my creative bites today. Just don't do it. Run the other way whenever you see a germ coming. Um, and also, you know, don't fly in planes. That's apparently what did me in. I'd been avoiding the cold that had been flying around through the air here at home. And, um, you know, everybody I knew was getting sick. I'd managed to avoid it. Get on a plane. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, announcements. I have another giveaway to announce today. This is going to be a short-term one. I'm only going to give you, let's say, two weeks. And I really want to say thank you again to Sarah from Houston. If you remember, she also did some giveaways with my um, Quilty Resolutions giveaway. Uh, A couple of winners that I sent their names to her, and she sent them uh, wonderful gifts. And she had emailed me to say, you know what, I've got a third book if you would like to use it as a giveaway. And I'm like, you know, sure. I like giving things away to my listeners, especially if when I'm not particularly involved. <laughs> I do. I love giving stuff away to my listeners. Love putting stuff in the mail. I did just put in the mail my winner's um, giveaway gifts from uh, the le- from the Quilty Resolution stuff. I just got the stuff in the mail yesterday. Sorry, folks. You should be getting it by the weekend. Um But anyway, Sarah from Houston has another book that she would like to give away. And this one is for you knitters and crocheters and yarn people out there. The book is Afghans and Throws, a step-by-step guide to knit and crochet designs, patterns, and techniques by Louise Roberts. And so in order for you to enter into this giveaway, I can't resist. I absolutely can't resist. As you know, there has been an ongoing, um, oh, shall we say, discussion, particularly between me and Francis of the Off-Kilter Quilt, about me knitting. I don't knit. I choose not to start knitting. I have often said I don't really need another stash, but admittedly, I do now have a yarn stash because I use them for embellishments on quilts. Um, So for this giveaway, I'm going to just open the floodgates and ask you to leave a comment on the show notes to this episode telling me why I should learn how to knit. How would knitting change my life? (laughs) And probably I will just end up choosing um, the winner by random, you know, my random number generator that I normally do. But, you know, part of me can't resist um, possibly giving some uh, points for creativity. So (laughs) if you can come up with either a really compelling reason why Sandy should learn how to knit or just a really entertaining one, lay it on me. And by answering that question on the comments to the show notes in this episode, again, this is episode 117, in which I read online, leave your your suggestion for why I should learn how to knit and how it would change my life on the show notes of this episode in order to enter into this giveaway. And let's say you should leave those comments by, this is Wednesday the 6th, Oh, let's say Valentine's Day. That really only gives you a week, but that makes you work fast. So by Thursday, February 14th, and I will draw a winner on... Actually, no, I'm sorry. I have to change that because I'm going to be going on a quilt retreat on February 15th and probably won't leave myself enough time to draw a winner. So I will give you until Sunday, February 17th. 
Okay, that's the deadline, Sunday, February 17th. You leave your comments on the show notes to this episode by Sunday, February 17th, and I will draw a winner and announce them on Monday the 18th. Um, Again, leave your comments on the show notes to this episode specifically. If you leave them anywhere else, I cannot keep track of them. So you've just got to leave them on the show notes this episode, even if I post another one between now and the 17th. So thank you again very much, Sarah. I really appreciate you being so generous with your stuff and being willing to um, help me out with some giveaways. And I am so looking forward to what you have to say. Fair warning, you probably won't convince me, but you know what? Give it your best shot. (laughs) So again, answer the question, why should Sandy learn how to knit? How would it change my life? On the show notes to this episode by Sunday, February 17th. And you will win a book from Sarah. Okay, Sandy update. What have I been doing most uh, lately? Mostly just shopping because I was out of town. By the way, I was in Phoenix this past weekend for work. Absolutely loved it. This is like the best time of year to be in Phoenix. It was actually, apparently, we brought the sun with us. Um, one of my Twitter friends, Merumo, said to me, I think it was Merumo, it might have been Sweet Dreams by Sarah. I'm sorry, I don't remember which one of you said that there hadn't been a lot of sun before we showed up, so apparently we brought it with us. I don't care how it got there or who brought it. I loved seeing it. Most of the time we were there, it was in the 70s, low 70s probably, but in the 70s, and um, clear, beautiful, sunny days, and at night it would drop down, but actually that, you know, it was still dropping down to something warmer than I was getting at home, so I was okay with that, Um, and I do, I love the area, I'm really looking forward to our conference being there this summer, Um, just some great opportunities for us there um, as a conference event. Um, Mission, sorry, you're going to hear me sniffing every now and then, and I can't guarantee that I'm going to be able to go back and edit them all out. Anyway, um, really enjoyed being there in the area. And I am so sorry, uh, Mermo and um, Sweet Dreams by Sarah, that probably, I mean, I certainly did not have any spare time. I didn't leave myself any spare time on either end of this meeting um, this last weekend. Not sure I'm really going to be able to do it for conference either. That's my problem with traveling for work. My schedule is so tight. I never get to just go hang out with friends, you know. Um, But I really, I had fun tweeting back and forth with you while I was there and kind of waving at you in your general direction from the balcony of my hotel. Um, But had a really nice weekend. Great stuff happened. It was a very busy weekend, but one of my privileges is to work with a team of teenage girls, um, four of them from all over the country. And they are just, this year's team in particular, I think, is is just a very, very impressive group of young women. Uh, we kept throwing them into situations that they have never been in before, and they just shone. They, they really, I mean, it, it just, you stand back, you know, I would kind of joke occasionally that I would just pull their ripcord and let them go. They, <laughs> they were fantastic, just wonderful, wonderful kids, and I really appreciate the privilege I have of being able to work with them. So I I had a great weekend. Um, Got home, was, you know, exhausted as usual. My flight was a little bit delayed on the way home because of snow in Cleveland, Um, at at which point I was also tweeting back and forth with a couple of y'all from Ohio, which is, you know, one of the things I like about Twitter. It's like, I'm 15 minutes from your house. (laughs) Woohoo! It was kind of fun. Um, But I did get delayed getting home, so I didn't get home until about 10 o'clock on Sunday night. So, um, I'm sorry, 10 o'clock on Monday night. So I had Tuesday off, slept in, but mostly on Monday, or Tuesday, sorry, completely lost track of what day it is this week. 
I had ordered while I was gone the 12-pound scrap box from Fat Quarter Shop. Um, actually, I ordered it, I think, a little bit before I left. And at the time, it was on sale, plus um, there was a coupon posted on someone's blog. I don't remember now where I found the link. I think it was through that Talking to whatever that is, Talking Tuesdays blog. Um, so I got it for even more off than what it normally is. And they say on the post it's about 20 to 25 yards of fabric total. I think I figured out that based on what I paid for, I probably paid somewhere around 250 a yard for the fabric. And of course, this is all, you know, quilt shop quality fabric. It's fat quarter shop fabric. Um, it's an adventure. You you really, if you order the scrap box, and several of us did all at the same time, and, you know, Twitter can be dangerous. <laughs> We can all kind of egg each other on and get each other to do things that we wouldn't necessarily normally otherwise do. So uh, it, I lost track. There had to have been like four or five of us, I think, that ordered the 12-pound scrap box all at once. Um, or maybe one person ordered it twice, so I'm getting confused. But anyway, a bunch of us ordered it at the same time, and then we all posted pictures of what we had gotten in our scrap boxes. And although some of us got the same stuff, they were all wildly different as well. And... Um, some people got more Civil War era stuff. Some people got more geometric stuff. Some people, I got a lot of solids in mine, but I also got all of that other stuff too. So just a really wide variety. You have to be adventuresome because you have no idea what you're going to get. And so you might get stuff that you normally wouldn't use. Um, I'm getting Mickey Mouse, <laughs> getting Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> okay. I'm really going to, I'm going to just soldier through this and hope that you will all understand and, and, you know, be patient and wait until I get back to my normal sexy broadcasting voice. <laughs> okay, and this is not on cold meds. I'm going to try to hold it together here. So anyway, my my uh, scrap box, I did not measure up to see a total of fabric, amount of fabric that I got, but I would be pretty willing to say it's got to be darn close to 25 yards. It just keeps coming and coming and coming out of that box. Um I did get a fair amount of solids in mine. I got some Civil War, not a huge amount of Civil War or that style, whether it's technically Civil War repro, but kind of the, the darker, more country color, um, you know, traditional kind of print sort of stuff. And although that's not something I'm using nowadays much in my regular quilting, what I was really happy to see it for is, um, as you may know if you've been following my blog and such, I had made a wheelchair quilt um, a while back for Christmas that I was going to use as a donation quilt and then decided to give it to a friend of mine who is in a wheelchair as a Christmas gift. And ever since then, I've been wanting to make more wheelchair quilts. Um, I do them using charm packs, but I would like to make some that are more masculine in colors. And it's really, really hard to find masculine colored charm packs. Believe it or not, <laughs> they are by far and away almost all girly um, prints <laughs> or kid prints, you know, so I was really struggling with that. And I bought a couple of charm packs that were, they were kind of patriotic themed, but they were definitely more um, traditional prints and geometrics and stuff. So they were more masculine, but they weren't quite enough to really make a good, a decent size um, wheelchair quilt. And so what I'm going to do is take the Civil War or, you know, those prints out of the scrap box and just cut them all into five inch squares so that I can mix them in with these charm packs and make some wheelchair quilts out of those. So I was very happy to actually see those. Um, I got a bunch of geometrics. I got, like I said, I got a bunch of solids, some of which the solids, they're kind of odd size scraps and such. So I may well just be using those for um, machine, you know, practicing machine quilting or practicing some of my um, 
paint stick techniques or whatever. But that's great because that means I don't have to go out and buy muslin at um, Joann's to do that. Now I've just got um, scraps available for my use for that. Um, I also got a lot of other fabrics that I know I'll be able to use and things. I um, will probably cut a lot of them into two and a half inch strips and use them in, again, a donation jelly roll strip type quilts, that kind of thing. Um, I did set aside all of the pinks because I had just been saying to my daughter as we were cleaning up after Christmas, uh, she said something about, well, when, you know, when I'm home on my next break, will it be time to put out Easter stuff? And I said, probably at that point. And I kind of looked at her and said, you know, I really don't have any Valentine stuff. I think I've got one decoration. <laughs> I've got this one little heart on a stand that I stick out as my token Valentine's decoration. Um, and so I was saying, you know, maybe I should make myself at least a table runner or something. So when I was going through the scrap box and saw all these pinks and some of the pinks have hearts on them, I set them aside and I'm going to try to see if I can whip myself up a table runner for Valentine's Day. So at least then I will have two decorations. Um, what else? I think that's really about all I have to say about that scrap box. It was a lot of fun. It was just a lot of fun to see what you would get in there. And now it's going to be kind of fun and a challenge to see how I can use what I got. Um, I do think most of it will probably end up working its way into donation quilts of some sort, but that's a lot of fun. That doesn't mean I think they're ugly fabrics. It just means they're not the types of fabrics I tend to use in my projects now. Um, but I did really enjoy doing that. So if you're looking to add to your stash or if you're looking to get some nice fabrics that you can use in interesting ways, you know, and, and chop them up into various pre-cut type sizes and, and use them that way or however you choose to use your scraps, I would recommend this. It's a great way to get current fabrics um, without having to expend a lot for yardage, you know, and that you wouldn't necessarily use the whole yardage. So that was a lot of fun. Um the next Sandy update is that, yes, indeed, despite my last episode about mystery quilts, I did get sucked back into yet another mystery quilt. However, there are some significant differences. I do, however, once again, have Twitter to blame <laughs> for this. I, I guess I should, like, spend a week just not on Twitter, because y'all are dangerous. You really are. Um there were a couple of people had posted something. I don't remember now who started it. I wish I could remember who I could blame, but you know, it's one of these things. It's kind of getting sucked into the whirlpool and right down the center. Um, somebody mentioned the fact that there was a new mystery quilt available on Craftsy. And then somebody else mentioned it was a Kimberly Einmo, if that's how you pronounce her name, who does a lot of books on jelly rolls and such. And I know Craftsy, and I know Craftsy is really geared at either the beginning quilter or quilters who are very busy. Um, they tend to be, not always, but they tend to be um, more straightforward, simpler, more time-efficient type techniques. And I thought, you know what, I bet you I could handle a mystery quilt done by Craftsy. And again, there was the the class lists for thirty nine ninety nine, but then it was on sale, and then um, Kimberly had a link through her blog specifically. Um, although I I had problems finding it on her blog, somebody else posted a direct link to the discount. So I don't know if if it's still on her blog, and I'm sorry I no longer have that direct link. But we actually some of us actually got it for fifty percent off, and then later Craftsy did put it on sale for twenty five percent off. So you may not have to pay that full forty dollars. Um, but the the couple of differences about the way this one is handled versus the one that I just went through, it is a simpler design, first of all. Um, 
But more importantly to me, she gives you all the information for four different sizes. So she gives you the math. She does. She says, if you want to make this size, this is the amount of yardage you need. This is the number of pieces you're going to need to cut, etc. Um, so that was very helpful. There's a crib size, which is like 32 by 32 inches, which to me seems small for crib size. I guess I was talking to a couple of women at a quilt shop about it, and we decided that's probably like the hospital size for when you put over the, um, if a baby is in NICU and has to have the be in the incubator thing that they put quilts over the top of those sometimes maybe that's the size or for the bassinet other that for me as a mother 32 by 32 would have seemed a little bit small um, but this we we have come to the conclusion the sizes don't include borders so you could always do the crib size and then just throw some borders on it if you wanted it bigger um, the wall hanging size is 48 by 48 and that's what I'm doing but I'm not going to make it as a wall hanging I'm, I'm making them as again a lap quilt or something to donate to people in hospitals and then there's also a double queen and then there's a king size above it so you can choose any of those sizes um, the second most important thing and this probably even trumps the fact that she does the four sizes the first you have to actually by the class in order to see this but the first video episode of this block of them or I'm sorry mystery quilt by Kimberly Imo she goes through how to choose fabrics and she's very clear I mean she doesn't tell you she kind of shows you which fabric she's using but she doesn't assume you're going to use her fabric she assumes you're using your own fabrics and she really spends I think that part of the video is maybe 15 minutes on how to choose your fabrics um, and so I felt very confident going into choosing my fabrics. And then um, additionally, once I chose my fabrics based on her information, you post, you can post a picture of your fabric to the discussion on the class. So um, if you're familiar with the Craftsy Pro platform, when you're watching the videos, you can actually post questions to the teacher or um, other students can also answer but the teacher I've never had a teacher not answer and they always answer very promptly um, so she encourages you if you you know if you'd really like to go ahead and post your pictures of your fabric and I will get back to you and she did I had two different colorways um, I'm thinking I'm gonna do it in both because again I thought wall hanging size with a simpler pattern I should be able to do to do it twice and so I had two different fabric collections, and I posted pictures both. I heard back from her, I think, within an hour, maybe an hour and a half at the outside, with her suggestions. Um, and she loved both of my fabric selections. I mean, she tends to be very positive anyway. I haven't read in any case yet where she said to somebody, oh, that stinks, get rid of all of it. She generally, the worst I've seen her say is... Um, I like some. I've, I like the fabrics you've chosen. You might struggle with the fabric you've got in position two or three. You might want to go, you know, look for something in this colorway instead or whatever. Um, just as suggestions. But for the most part, you know, she says to people what she said to me: great colors, love your colors. Here's what I might suggest. And so for both of mine, one of them she only suggested I swap two fabrics, put them in reverse their positions. And then the other one, she did get, she has, she's got me kind of moving them all over the place. I don't have a problem with that. Some people might say, well, I'm going to use them wherever I want to use them. And that's fine. You can still do it the way you want. But for me, I'm like, if you're telling me I'm going to be happier with my quilt, if I flip number five and number six, darn toot, and I'm flipping number five and number six. So um, tonight I'm going to take those fabrics, put them in the order that she has suggested, and then I'm going to um, post them. Uh, I don't know if I'll post them to my blog because she really, since anybody can do this crafty quilt at any time, 
you know, those of us who are doing it now, as soon as it got released, might ruin the surprise for people who are doing it later. So I'm not quite sure what, you know, how, when I'm going to post it on my blog or whatever. What some of us have decided to do on Twitter is Katie of Katie's Quilting Corner, a.k.a. Quilted Magnolia, set up a private Flickr group and also made me an administrator so either she or I can send out invitations. If you are interested in doing the mystery quilt, would like don't mind the mystery being ruined. If you'd like to actually share your pictures with other people and see the progress, knowing that you might see pictures of a step you haven't gotten to, um, let either Katie or myself know and give us your Flickr username and we will send you an invitation to the group. Again, it's a private Flickr group only because we don't want to ruin the surprise for somebody else who might want to be surprised. If you want to be surprised, don't join the Flickr group because we are going to be posting pictures in whatever we order we go. Um, that being said, Katie... Uh, Quilted Magnolia is actually about to go on a cruise. (laughs) Yay, Katie! I know she loves going to cruises. She's really excited about this. She's been tweeting about it for the last week. So uh, we wish her well and safe sails and wind at your back and all of those other wonderful sailing cruisy type things. Um, But that does mean in the next week or so, if you want to join that Flickr group, you might want to email me instead of her and because only because I can get to it faster once she's back um, she tends to be faster on the draw than me so (laughs) either one of us would work Um, so that's the mystery quilt I'm okay so I'm going to kind of redo my fabrics tonight I don't know if I'm going to start cutting or not it kind of depends on how much energy I've got when I get to that point Um, the other update is once again my friend Carolyn from the UK uh, sent me the most recent Pam and Nikki Lintot book, or at least it was recently the most recent. They may have come out with another one since then, but I don't think so. Um, This one is Antique to Heirloom Jelly Roll Quilts, and it's what they've done is they took 12 antique quilts and then recreated that same design using modern jelly rolls. Um, And it's not just a matter of changing the fabric. It's actually, you have to, in some cases, kind of change the piecing, the the construction method, in order to be able to use jelly rolls, um, or two and a half inch strips. And, you know, they are, they're all, that means since they're antique quilts, they're all very traditional designs. Um, Although, again, as some people have said, what's old is new again. You know, some of them look very modern if you just do them in modern fabrics. Um, but I really, there's a couple in here I really would like to make. And there's, a, especially having just received the 12-pound scrap box from Fat Quarter Shop, by which I'm going to be making myself a lot of two-and-a-half-inch strips, um, a lot of these traditional quilts are great designs for using just a mishmash of scraps that you don't have to worry about color coordinating or anything, as long as you have kind of a, a gentle background, <laughs> so to speak, you can make it work. Um, you know, obviously you can also color coordinate more, control the scrappiness more if you want, but there's a couple in here. I know, I, you know, I can just throw whatever in there and it'll work. So I really think I'm probably going to be doing some of these. I You can easily do them again as leader ender projects. I had said to somebody, I wasn't sure I ever wanted to do a leader ender quilt only because it would take for stinking freaking ever to get something done. If you're only doing it, you know, a piece at a time in the middle of everything else. Um, but it is a way you can keep things going on ongoing. But I do know also the construction techniques they've got in here. There's a lot of strip piecing and things, so it's not so much one little piece at a time. Um, so I may be looking at that um, after I get some projects off my deck. 
I might be looking at starting something like that, doing just a block or two at a time with scraps as I get them. So thank you very much, Carolyn, for sending that to me. I I, I got it um, actually Tuesday morning, so I was able to just sit on my day off and relax with a cup of tea and my new quilt book, and I'm going to be sitting down again tonight during my recovery period before I go to bed looking at it again. So thank you so much for that, Carolyn. And for any of you who are Jelly Roll fans or Scrap Quilt fans, um, just at first reading, I would recommend this book, Antique to Heirloom Jelly Roll Quilts by Pam and Nikki Lintot. Okay, I think that's all of my Sandy update. It was more than I thought it was going to be, only because I guess I raved for so long about the scrap boxes. Um, okay, listener input. Let's talk about reading quilt magazines and quilt books online or on a digital device such as an iPad or a tablet versus reading them in um, print version. Okay, I think I'm going to start by sharing listener input first, and then I'm going to tell you a little bit about what my experience has been. So I posted on Facebook and Big Tent a question about what people's experience was with reading quilt magazines or books um, in print versus on a tablet or a computer or whatever, digital versions. Um, first of all, have they done it? If so, what what are the pros and cons, etc. So here's the responses I got, and I'm just going to read through them. Gretchen said... Not quilt magazines on a tablet. My printer is old, so if I needed to print a template, I couldn't. I currently subscribe to four magazines, getting ready to let a couple go away. Um, Daisy, a very lazy Daisy, said, I used to subscribe to several, but I haven't in the past few years. In this economy, we cut every corner we can. Magazine subscriptions seem a luxurious waste when I can find lots of free inspiration through quilt blogs and such. Beth said, I subscribe to print versions, only one right now. I like to be able to flip through them. I only do digital versions of things I don't want to keep. Um, Anna, a.k.a. Noni, uh, was the one who had given me the first blog, which I should have read first, I'm sorry. I will go back and read that in a minute. Um, But then she goes on to say, I have a huge collection of quilt books that I've been collecting since 2005 since I started quilting, my favorites being technique books, as I try everything but do not master too much. I have been buying fewer books and mostly at quilt shows for very reduced prices. I buy more DVDs than I do books nowadays. As for magazines, I'm getting less and less and less of, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, I am getting less and less of them for the past couple of years. For one thing, I pick them up at a guild for a greatly reduced amount. I also tend to Xerox or tear out what I like and pass it on to my neighbor. Modern quilts are my current passion because that's what my nieces and daughter like, so that's what I make. A lot of time for those, I just go on Pinterest, get expired, and then make my, get expired, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, get inspired, and then make my own pattern. I also love playing with EQ7, so I personally need less and less books. As for personal reading, I want a book in hand. I do not like reading on computers or laptops. Too easy to break when I fall asleep and they fall to the floor. I like and want pages of paper. Amy says, nope. While I love my Kindle, I want to hold my quilt mags and books in my hands. I tried a couple online and didn't like it at all. I just knew I would never go back and make those patterns. Debbie says, no magazines, I travel too much now. I want a book or magazine, not online. I, too, need to see it in print. Sue said, I subscribe to only one quilt magazine, and that's on my iPad through an app every quarter. Every quarter, 
I have to contact the app and ask them to give me access to my magazine. It's a pain. I'm going to stick to print next time. And Sue, I, you don't mention which magazine it is. I'm sorry you have that experience, and you'll hear later. I do not have that experience at all. So you do need to look into that, because that is not normal. I've subscribed to several magazines, and I've never had that problem. So you do have to check into that. Colleen said, I want the paper version. It's just not the same reading quilty books and magazines online. I do have an e-reader and love it for novels. Gretchen says, I don't subscribe to any quilt magazines, but I do subscribe to some cross-stitch ones through my iPad. The last time I looked, they were only available through iTunes, possibly because they are from Great Britain. I love it because I can flip through the pages after download, which it remembers, and my patterns don't get destroyed after being pulled out of bags 30 times a day while I cross-stitch. I can also make patterns bigger if needed, which is always a plus. I wish the American cross-stitch magazines were available that way. I am moving more and more far away from print, print because I am in my early 30s and still moving a lot. My father has informed me he's not moving my fabric or books again, so more books on the iPad is great. Jackie says, I have subscribed to several different ones over the years, but not on my tablet. I am interested in giving it a try. I love reading books on my tablet, which I never thought I would. Joyce says, I don't enjoy digital as much as an actual magazine or book. Linda says, I used to subscribe to many quilt magazines, but get fewer and fewer. This year, I'm dropping the quilt life. I still enjoy the AQS magazine and Machine Quilting Unlimited. I get more inspiration online, but have never tried e-zines. I didn't think I would like to read from a screen, but the great resolution on my iPad is slowly changing my mind. Lindy said, right now I can't afford... That I'm, but I'm hoping to get one soon, though I want to get Fonz and Porter. I like to buy new quilt books for inspiration. And Sandy of um, of Quilt Kamana, Sandy, says, I have never read Quilty-type magazines digitally. I like the feel of magazine pages, and I also like to flip back and forth from time to time, and that is kind of lost when it's in digital form. I'm interested in hearing what those who do read digitally like about it. Then on Big Tent... Let me pull that one up. I heard from Sherry Kay, who said, Yes, I get, I get quilts and more on Zinio. Zinio being one of the um, apps for getting magazines digitally. I recently went through all my quilting magazines and kept the ones I wanted to possibly make something from. The rest are waiting to go to my guild library. I kept about one-fifth of what I had. I subscribed to this one. Quilts and Warren Zinio, about a year ago. My iPad is with me most of the time, so I can pull up a page in a quilt shop to see what I need. Any references to URLs or websites are click- clickable in the application. I just hate those stacks of magazines laying around. It drives me crazy after a while. Becky's World said, No, I hadn't thought of doing that. In other words, subscribing to an e-magazine for my Nooker laptop don't have an iPad or any of those other little fancy gadgets yet. I'm still a bit old school in regards to this, though my husband is trying to drag me into the current century, seeing he works for a high-tech company. I still like the tactile pleasure of a real magazine to hold on to. I do use my Nook for books. It's really great for traveling, easier to carry than three or four or more books. I haven't been able to let go of my ever-growing library. I cannot resist browsing through books at thrift stores and yard estate sales. You would not believe the treasures I have found, some really great quilting books that others have decided to clean out of their stash. I can see the advantage of having things handy for reference at a quilt shop, but I just haven't gotten there yet. 
I'll be kicking and screaming all the way until one day I'll just go, duh, this is cool. Don't know why I fought it for so long. Maybe it's the price referring to the actual iPad. I can use that money for a lot of fabric. Stripe Pike said, love them. Absolutely love them. I have only used them on my iPad and phone. I have McCall's Quilting and Quilt Maker and then some knitting magazines. I also have a f- quite a few quilting books on my iPad. I buy them digitally because they're easier to store and they don't clutter up my sewing room. Those that do have templates and such have links to the PDFs, so you can download them when you need them. I keep most of my patterns digitally as well. I will print part of the pattern as I'm working on it and make notes and draw on and annotate. The last couple of patterns I did this with were because I changed the construction from the directions in the pattern or the size of the blocks. There are days you follow the pattern exactly, and then there are other days when you just have to take the pattern as a suggestion or a jumping-off point. But back to the point of the magazines and book on tablets, all the great high-color fantastic pictures, none of the clutter, and so far all of the ones I've used have either been printable or links to printable pages. Yay for not having access to a copier. So far, haven't really found a negative. AJ Dub says... I don't subscribe because in the past I had subscriptions to scrapbooking and stamping magazines and rarely did any of the projects in them. They were fun to look at, and then they just collected dust and consumed valuable storage space. So now I only purchase magazines I know I will use at least one pattern from. Plus, I have a very limited Mad Money budget, and I would rather have fabric or chocolate. Um, And then she goes on to say, I don't have a tablet, but the subscription fee would still come out of my mad money. So unless it was a really, really good deal, like a buck a magazine or less, I would just tend to get the ones I really want the pattern from. If I had a tablet, I would for sure buy downloadable magazines instead of the paper ones to save space. I'm not very familiar with quilting magazines yet either, so I would want to buy them one at a time and get to know which ones are my style. Katie's Quilting says, no, I don't. The reason why is if I liked a pattern, it would be a pain to print. Also, I don't like also, I like to have paper magazines because I mostly read out of the house or in the car. Tablet is a hard thing to use because of reflections. Magazines don't need to be charged to be able to read. Someday, uh, maybe someday, if their digital version were a lot less expensive than the paper one, I would seriously consider to go digital. I actually let my magazine subscriptions last lapse except two or three because of all the inspiration on the Internet. I just find myself to be more attracted to quilts I can find online. Jane Tam says, I currently do not own a Nook, Kindle, or tablet. I'm interested in getting one later this year so I can download quilt magazines. From previous comments, I'm not certain if I will want to get magazines if I have to subscribe for a year. I like being able to look at a magazine at the bookstore and then buying the magazine if there's a pattern that I would like to make from within the pages. I was thinking I would be able to preview the magazine and then decide to buy it, sort of what like what one can do at a bookstore on Amazon. I guess my thinking be, might be way off. Um, and Jane Tam, I'll just respond to this quickly before I forget. Uh, you don't have to subscribe for a year. Most magazines, in fact, all the magazines, in my experience, you can buy a single issue. You can't really preview them. Some do have samples, um, like in one of the ones I'll talk about, you can get a sample copy for free that's only got like two or three articles in it just so you can see how it all works Um, but you can't really flip through a magazine and then decide to buy it as an individual issue you can however buy individual issues um, and they tend to run anywhere from two to four dollars a single issue um, to do it that way and then subscription prices are a little bit different but I'll talk more about that when I talk about my own experience much loved says i have a kindle love it and have a few quilting technique books as well as a quilting art subscription 
If it is a pattern template rich book or magazine, I'm more inclined to buy it as hard copy, but for eye candy, techniques, and the sort, I'll grab it for the Kindle. Also, digital copy is generally a lot cheaper. Joy by Robin said, I have an iPad and find that any of the lit means of reading magazines, etc. are hard on the eyes. Paper is much easier to read. With storage on these devices, eventually I will either have to archive them or pay for more storage. I don't find subscriptions less expensive on the device. They are the same as if I had purchased paper. I will continue to get threads in paper, preferred method of reading. Okay, um, so that was everybody's input. Thank you for the most part. You know, people who don't subscribe to magazines in real life are not likely to subscribe to them in digital life um, and vice versa but there are some very specific things and uh, some things I want to say that may or may not change your opinion um, I won't read this whole blog but Noni started the, me on down this path by posting a link to um, a blog that was in the Michigan Quilts uh, blog and it was entitled The Future of Quilting Books and Magazines and um, she talks about let's see, Karen Karen Mosey is the one, the blogger, and she talks about the demise of the daily newspaper with online and televised news. Fewer people need, see the need to purchase a daily paper. And then she talks about ebooks and quilting books and, and whether people might start transferring to reading those digitally as well. Um, so that was the blog that got me started on this, and I will post a link to that in this episode. Um, here's my input. As I have mentioned before, I'm sorry, you're hearing Doofus scratch himself (laughs) in the background. (laughs) I apologize if that's distracting. Um, I am a magazine junkie. I've read magazines for years. I have uh, let a lot of my quilt magazine subscriptions go in the last year or so, um, mostly because, like all of you, I'm finding that I'm um, I'm not doing a lot of the patterns from them. And, in fact, I started seeing a lot of the same stuff over and over again. But then what I tend to do is I'll let a a subscription go for a couple of years and then I'll pick it back up again and it feels fresh and new again. So um, I tend to cycle through that, not only with quilt magazines, but with, um, you know, women's magazines, with travel magazines, with home deck type magazines, whatever. That just tends to be the um, cycle. And there's actually a reason for that. I used to be a freelance writer and... You write one article, you tweak it up a little bit, and you can sell it to several different sources. So that's there's a reason why there are some things that are repeated. Plus, magazines print what they know people will buy. And so if people are really only interested in certain types of quilting, that's really all you're going to see in the magazines. That's That's just the business. That's keeping yourself afloat as a magazine. And it's very hard to stay afloat as a magazine. I used to run a magazine for our denomination, and we had to kill it because you can't keep it afloat based on subscription prices. In any case, that's a whole other story. Um, So for a long time, I did kind of resist going to digital versions of quilt magazines because of all the same reasons everybody else mentioned. I liked the feel of it. What sort of turned me over was when I started traveling so much. Do you realize how much magazines weigh in your purse? You put three or four magazines in there, you're carrying around a load. And they're expensive. They really are expensive. Plus, I was looking at the number of magazines I was throwing in recycling bins or handing off to people or trying to find space for, and I was thinking, you know, paper-wise, this is not particularly good for the environment. So I started kind of rethinking it. Now, I had tried, I 
before I had an iPad, no, I did not sit on my computer and look at quilt magazines on my computer because I don't like being locked down to my computer to read magazines. So if you don't have a tablet, I wouldn't suggest you start using digital magazines. Um, really, tablets are what made the difference for me. In my case, an iPad, but I imagine the Kindle Fire, you know, the Nooks, whatever else you can access wireless and do magazines and stuff on, you're going to have pretty much the same experience. Um Early on, I had tried one or two quilt magazines on my iPad a year ago, but they were essentially spiffy PDFs. The, they were magazines that all you did was turn a page and just read it like you would read it normally. And in fact, the text was even smaller. And a lot of them at that stage, you couldn't even expand the text. So those kinds of magazines, I don't bother with. If that's been your experience, keep looking because if somebody's not going to use the technology I'm not going to give them my money um, however there are certain publications that really know how to make use of the iPad technology I don't remember when I subs I did actually subscribe to each of these and I don't remember now how that subscription cost compared to print it wasn't cheaper I don't think it was any more expensive I think it was equal to um, but there is so much value added, I would have even been willing to pay a little bit more. The three magazines in specific, and I think they might all be published by the same people, In Stitches, Quilting Arts, and Surface Explorations. The three of those, if you don't have them on your iPad, your Kindle, your Nook, whatever you use to read magazines, you need to try them out. They are phenomenal. Um, just the user interface is fantastic. The reason they are actually better than the print versions. One, you can expand the, the text so you can read it as big as you need that font to be for comfortable reading. Two, you can you have the hyperlinks. So if there's something you're interested in more information on, if there's an ad that you want to go visit that store, you just click on the link, you're automatically there which can be dangerous. I have shopped <laughs> while reading a magazine, <laughs> so that can get a little expensive, but still it's very handy. Um, three, with the pictures of the quilts themselves, you can actually expand the picture and be able to get way up close and see serious detail in a way that you can't in a magazine. Plus, they do then have video clips, so like in an article about... Um, a particular dye technique you get a little five-minute video you can watch of the, of the um, person that does that dye technique demonstrating it so it's really a value added experience you're not just sitting and flipping through pages in a magazine on your tablet you're actually using all the technologies of the tablet um, that are available to you and it's really really worth it so again those three magazines are in stitches quilting arts and surface explorations um, there are I, I have actually started subscribing to a lot more magazines um, not only quilt magazines but also uh, women's interest magazines they don't necessarily have as much value added some of them have some neat little tricks like better homes and gardens some pictures, if you click on them, then it kind of expands, or you can click on them and change the color schemes, to, you know, kind of play things like that. Not fully convinced on those, not as much into them as I am on InStitches, Quilting Arts, and Surface Explorations, but they are still kind of fun. Um, the thing I like best about them is I can, you know, you just flick your fingers and you've expanded that font, so you can with aging eyes or if you're in different kind of light situations and you need that writing to be just a little bit bigger uh, you can easily easily do it.
Plus, you can carry around, you know, I've got X number of books on my Kindle, and I've got probably six, seven magazines on my iPad when I travel. Um, I'm saving a whole lot of space when I travel. And it is not insignificant to me that when I'm done with a magazine, I just click Archive, and it's gone. And I'm not trying to recycle. I'm not trying to find somewhere to store it. I'm not doing whatever I need to do. You can bookmark a page. So if I decide later I want to go back and double check a technique or if I want to print off a template or whatever, I have that possibility. So those of you who do have tablets or um, you know the types of devices that would really make these things worthwhile, I would suggest you at least check them out. I know for InStitches, Quilting Arts, and Surface Explorations, I believe you can get a sample issue of each one of those free. Um, and then you can either buy individual issues or you can um, subscribe to them online. Um, in terms of quilt books, I'm still not as much into quilt books on my Kindle. Some of that's just space. I have so much stuff because I use my Kindle when I travel for work. So I've got a lot of programs and stuff on there. Um, so I don't have a tremendous amount of storage space left over. So to have a whole book on there um, is a little bit more difficult for me than just having some magazines. I do have the book Stupendous Stitching by Caroline Waugh. I did get it um, on my, my um well, it's actually available through Kindle, but I use the Kindle app on my iPad because my Kindle is an older one, so it's not color or anything, so I don't put quilt books on there at all. But my iPad, my Kindle thing on my iPad, I do use it. Um, it's nice to read, but again, I, I haven't quite gotten fully there in terms of using it. As you could hear from the listener input, some people have used quilt books on their Kindle and prefer them that way or on their tablets. Um, I'm just, I can't speak to that quite as thoroughly yet because I'm, I'm not quite all there uh, you know I'm still I'm still more book oriented that way um, in terms of recreational reading I am fully electronic now um, I had somebody gave me a, a physical book for Christmas a couple of years ago and it sat on the side of my bed for two years because well it was a nice big hardcover I'm just not in a situation where I like carrying around a hardcover so I did eventually pony up and I just bought it for myself on Amazon and read it within a couple of weeks um, because I'm so Kindle oriented. Even at home in bed, I've got that Kindle. Even in the bathtub, just stick it in a Ziploc bag. <laughs> you can keep it dry in the bathtub. Um, so I've I've worked my way around that. Um, so I don't, you know, this is not the death of publishing. It's a change of publishing. There are people who think just because books are going away, that means literature is going away. And that's not at all true. Um, it's just changing. It does mean it did used to be cheaper to get the digital version of things because um, publishers were basically using digital versions as a way to just increase their sales of their hard copy. Now it's reversing. And so digital versions are rarely actually much cheaper than print versions. Um, for regular books, they can be a little bit, but for quilt books and stuff, I haven't noticed a huge difference, maybe 2 or $3. And again, I speak to this from experience on the other side. We publish things through our organization, and when we first started also making them available as digital downloads, we tried to make them very inexpensive. Now we're make, our sales are more increasing as digital downloads. That's where we're going to have to make all of our profit, and so that price is going creeping up so that we can increase profits overall. So that's just the the world of the publishing industry. It's not anybody trying to get away with anything. It's people trying to stay in business. So I don't have any problem with that whatsoever. 
But again, for those quilt magazines that I've named, and I'm continuing to explore other ones, the more that they are able to really make use of the technology, the more I'm willing to actually spend, because that is then a full experience. It's not just me flipping pages on a PDF on my tablet. Woohoo, look at me. It looks like the page curls. Nothing else is different. I'm not going to necessarily go that route. Um, although, again, like I said, it is nice not to have magazines crowding up my shelves. So that's my input on quilt magazines online um, or, did you know, on your tablets versus... Um, um, what am I trying to say, versus print versions, um, and quilt books on tablet version versus quilt um, versus hard copies. Um, I'm not going to try to tell you whether you should subscribe to magazines or not. I do get a lot of inspiration from blogs, but I still also really like magazines. Um, you get a, a wider variety of things in a magazine than you will if you only go to your few favorite blogs. You're going to tend to kind of keep saying, seeing things that you're used to seeing and you like seeing, but you're not necessarily always going to get exposed to new ideas um, if you keep going to the same places you've always gone. That's that's just a cautionary tale. Try to always make sure you're exploring new places and looking for new sources of inspiration to you know expand your field of vision. Uh, So that's this episode. I did actually make it through without descending into a coughing fit. That's good, but my throat is pretty sore at this point, so I'm not even going to be talking to the dogs tonight, I don't think. Um, Thank you for sticking with me through my gravelly voice. I hope you have um, gained some information, gained some knowledge. Oh, I'm sorry. The other thing I did want to point out, somebody had said something about the lighting on the screen. You can adjust the brightness on your iPad screen to adjust the lighting. I do, if I'm doing a lot of reading, novel reading, I still prefer my old school Kindle because it does have that very specialized screen. Um, But I can much more easily handle reading on my iPad now when I just adjust the screen brightness. It works pretty well. Um, Can't speak to glare. You just got to get in the right lighting. And yes, it is true, Kati, I'm sorry, I mispronounced your name when I read your comment, um, Kati of Kati's Quilting, that yes, you do have to charge your iPad in order to be able to read the magazine, and that is a bit of a downer, but you can work with it. So anyway, I think I've now made all the comments I meant to make. I hope you have a nice evening, a nice rest of the week. If you are interested in mystery quilts and you haven't checked out the one on Craftsy yet, you might want to look at it. I know you do have to pay for it, whereas a lot of mystery quilts are free. I understand that, but um, it it is it looks like it'll be a lot of fun, and I am, once again, finding myself looking forward to diving in. And I will report back on my experience about doing this one as opposed to the last one. Um, by the way, I think on Saturday I will be able to go pick up Easy Street from the Long Armor, as well as my other quilt that I dropped off, Poppies, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to have them bound and finished, at least Easy Street, I want to have bound and finished by next Tuesday, because that's my guild meeting when a bunch of us are bringing our Easy Streets for show and tell. So it would be nice to have mine completely finished at that point. Um, Okay, now I'm rambling. I'm sorry, I'm spinning around in circles. I will just finish this. Um, Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to hearing from you. If you had not left a comment about reading online or digitally, do try it uh, or do let me know what you think. If you've got favorite magazines you read digitally, let us know. Share your ideas with other people. And if you are just listening to this and saying, hey, I think I'm going to give Quilting Arts a try on my Kindle or my iPad or whatever, uh, let me know what you think. I would always appreciate it. And so that's the end of this episode. Um, Quilting for the rest of us. uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) 
have no idea what I'm doing now. I, my mind just completely blipped. You know how you can get a hold of me. You can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com, sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can follow the blog, quiltingfortherestofus.blogspot.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, Goodreads. You can like the Quilting for the Rest of Us group on Facebook. You can join any number of related quilting groups on Flickr, one of them being the Quilting for the Rest of Us group. You can join the Big Tent Quiltcast Supergroup and then the Quilting for the Rest of Us subgroup. You can find me on Threadbias, Craftsy, all sorts of other places. All of those places I go by the handle, Sandy Quilts, Sandy with a Y, Quilts with Z, and you can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Kiva team. You will find links for all of that and more at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. And let's kick back into gear that you know you're a quilter when on my blog page. So go find that. Um, I'm sorry, not on the blog page, on the quiltingfortherestofus.com page. Look for the little tag. You know you're a quilter when, and leave your own comment there. And of course, you can find this on Stitcher as well as iTunes and any sorts of other podcast disbursement devices. Until next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. Mm-hmm.